just like that, we've reached the halfway point of season two of This Band is Real, the show about bands you've never heard of. I'm your host, Madeline Dimiuga, and yeah, this season might be a little short, but I do have a couple of other funny friends and incredible musicians that could be on this program for future seasons. But if you are either of those types of people, or if you know anybody that would like to be on this program, go ahead and email us at tbir.pod at gmail.com. I'd love to sift through a couple of those profiles, see what jokes people got, see what music people got. I love new music. I love meeting new people. And who knows, maybe you or somebody you know could be on the program one day. Really what I want to do with this show is make it in a grander scale in the ways that we did it back in Texas. The original format of the show actually took place in a boys and girls club with Notes for Notes. It's an organization that provides music studios to all sorts of different neighborhoods throughout the nation. So I'd love to be able to do that again. I'd love to be able to be in a larger space, have live studio mixing engineers, have my band back to play as the house band for a live studio audience. But obviously, COVID still is in the way of that. But who knows? I'm manifesting it into this new year that hopefully we can see something I don't know, bigger in the future. I'd like to be able to do that. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with the formula of the show, how could you possibly be that? Because we are on episode four of season two. But if you're just dropping in to listen to a friend that's been featured in this program, that's awesome. You should go ahead and just check out these other episodes that uh, have been on the internet prior to this. It is the internet. It's out there forever. It's out there for you. And I would greatly appreciate it if you took a listen and leave us a little rating and review wherever you're listening to your podcast these days, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever. But if you decided not to do that, here's how this show works. I interview two bands and both acts perform a single just for you. But one of these bands has never existed until now. One of these bands is fake. It's up to you at home to figure out which one is real. We'll take a poll on our socials, then the following night you can check out our Twitch stream to see if you were right. So be sure to follow This Band is Real on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TBIR underscore pod and vote. And don't forget, once again, rate and review us wherever you're listening to your podcasts. And, uh, you know, just leave me a cute little note with what you'd like to hear more on the program or what you think or a funny joke or somebody that I could listen to. Let's just start a dialogue. Let's get to know each other. But, like, not, like, know each other in that kind of way. Like, I'm not trying to, like, date you or anything. Um, I'm engaged. I can't do that anymore. Except with my fiancé. But enough about me. Ugh, ugh, who, who is she? She's hosting. She's constantly talking. Let's talk to our guests. Up next, we have one of the most prolific musicians I have ever had the just pure pleasure of knowing. She is the front man of the band Pastel Bitch. Please welcome to This Band Is Real, Phoebe Jameson. Hello, what a lovely intro. I feel like I should give you a kiss. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, oh, a kiss from you would surely be a blessing upon my life, but let's talk about your life. Let's talk about your band. Oh, yes, Phoebe. let's go into it. Pastel. Yes, yes. I feel oh. like a star already. <laughs> it's so lovely to be on this. <laughs> I honestly actually really love your show, so thank you for having me. 
Oh, thank you. Oh my God, thank you so much. Oh, now give I, me a kiss. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, just a little, just. <laughs> all uh, right, so, what do you want to know? Pastel bitch. <laughs> I want to know all about this band. I want to know about uh, where did you guys first meet and how did this name come about? Okay, well, that's a great story. So the, the band is me and my, my cousin Imogen and then her boyfriend. Um, so obviously I met my cousin, like, not in utero, but I guess shortly thereafter. <laughs> um, the name is actually, I love this story. Um, I was in a fight with, with my brother. Uh, he's my twin. And I was, I was wearing, like, a pastel jumper at the time, which I think is important mm. for the story. But we were in a fight, you know, and he goes, you're nothing but a pastel bitch. And I said, oh, oh. I actually quite like that. <laughs> and I <laughs> turned it around, and I've, and I've used it, and I've rebranded it, and I love it. Yeah. So you yes, have yeah, my, my shitty brother to thank for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> oh, Tom, thank you for giving us this absolute gift. So... What, when did you and your cousin know that you guys wanted to be in music? Okay, well, we've always been playing music together, like, since we were little girls and, like, running around our Nana's garden and, like, we'd always have, like, she had this little, like, pink toy piano. Mm. Um, so we used to, like, always, like, give, like, garden performances for, you know, our grandparents and our parents and they would never, like, pay attention. Um, <laughs> but we still did them, nonetheless. And then it wasn't until, like... I mean, we moved, we both, we moved here um, to Brooklyn. That's where I live now. Mm. And that's when she met her boyfriend and he kind of had like, you know, he could play like instruments that we couldn't play and it just seemed like a good fit. And we got together and like, I, I feel like the vibe and the chemistry is really good, you know, and she's family. So it's like, I can trust her. Got you. Okay. So what in the, in the writing process are... Is there anybody that kind of shoulders more of the like music writing versus the lyricism? What's that kind of look like for the band? Yeah, I would say I'm more of a lyricist and Imogen is is more of the the music person. If we're putting mm. like who puts the notes to the page, like that would be more her. Um, for sure. But, I, you know, I've always been more of a writer and like poetry and I'm kind of into that. So... But we work together and, she, I, you know, she definitely has contributed her own little, like, lyrics, of course. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I can really, I can see that uh, collaboration really come into play, especially I remember this one track you guys had, um, Searching for Gal Gadot. I thought that was such a wonderfully, uh, just uh, in, intuitive almost to, like, looking into the female psyche and just trying to find that badass and... In that kind of vein, do you guys feel like your inspirations for music and lyricism often comes from um, female icons, or do you kind of just pull from all over the place? Well, it's funny, actually, when you were describing that song, you said wonderful, um, mm. which I think is funny because Wonder Woman. And yes, of course, like we love women, like our biggest and she's going to kill me for saying this, but our biggest musical icon is Posh Spice. We were oh obsessed God. with her. And actually, yes. when we were in school, we went um, as Posh Spice uh, for Halloween. No! We both were Posh Spice. Like, we... Oh. There was a whole group of girls, and, like, we were... <laughs> you know, there's Baby, and there's Scary, and then there's two Poshes, because we just love Posh. <laughs> 
you know oh man no for sure i mean like that happens okay was that was that like a point of contention between you oh, and your absolutely. cousin absolutely absolutely <laughs> I didn't want to be scary. I didn't want to no. be baby. And I'm not sporty. Mm-mm. So, like, so in, in that, do you guys feel like, especially you and Imogen, do you guys kind of butt heads even creatively now? Or is that more of just like, this was in the no, past? No, don't youth? make me say that. Oh, but I love the tea, Phoebe. I love the tea. <gasps> no, no. I mean, we butt heads, <laughs> but in a, in a very, like, loving way. You know, in a way that you can kind of only butt heads with the family member, like Topper and I really kind of avoid butting heads because it'd be kind of quite (laughs) awkward if we were to, you know, because he's, you know, we can't really make up. (laughs) Right. It's like, so I let let Imogen, yeah, if I'm in a, if I have like a beef with, with Topper, I'll let Imogen figure it out because they can make up Mm. because they're boyfriend and girlfriend and they can kiss, but we can't kiss. So we'll just resent each other. Right. Nah, I feel like you, Topher, sorry, Topher, Topher, am I, am I pronouncing this correctly? Yeah, it's Topher, but I guess his real name is, yeah, Christopher, but Topher. So you, Imogen, Topher, Topher, however we say it across the pond. I um, Actually, his, I, his nickname is Toppy. You can call him Toppy, Toppy. if you want. Oh, <laughs> We call him we- Hoppy Toppy if he's had too much caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Which so is like, quite a lot, actually, because he's also the driver. When we go on tour, we make him be the driver because obviously we're British. So it just doesn't go well when Imogen <laughs> and I get behind the wheel and it's actually quite illegal. Uh, so yeah. he's the driver. So he, he'll get all like hopped up on Red Bull and <laughs> it's not, Toppy. you know, not always a pretty sight. So we call him Hoppy Toppy. Classic Hoppy Toppy. That's just how he is on the road. And, you know, I, I have heard some interesting to say the least stories of pastel bitch on the road but there was this one show i was wondering if you could give me a little bit more context as to what happened because it oh dear certainly made a i'm just saying it made a splash across the internet for like that whole weekend tell me about the cincinnati show of 2017 Oh, no. Okay, see, I always get asked about Cincinnati, and I have to say, (laughs) it's not my fault. This would be a question (laughs) that Imogen has to answer, because it was her fault. Because the truth of the story is, is, you know, we've been driving all day, we've been on the road, Toppy with his Red Bull, and we had to stop, you know, to get a bite to eat, and... Imogen made a stop at a Burger King and I said, I don't want to eat at Burger King because I had watched a documentary about how it was the dirtiest um, Mm -hmm. chain restaurant. And I said, I don't want to eat at Burger King. And and she kind of put her foot down. Well, you know, Toppy did because he's the driver. So we go to Burger King. Um, like I said, we shouldn't do, uh, you know, they both get, um, Big Macs, uh, what is it? Whopper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I got chicken nuggets because I was trying to play it safe. Right. Well, of course. that didn't work. I got food poisoning. <gasps> no. And we had a show that night. And so literally oh, we're driving no. and we're in the van. And I'm like, guys, you really need us to, I really need us to pull over. I really need mm-hmm. us to pull over. And mm-hmm. they're like laughing at me and they're teasing me. And they're like, you're the burger queen. And I'm like, it's not funny. I really need us to pull over. And I ended up 
throwing up all over the inside of the van and it ruined oh, some of no. our equipment ruined some of our equipment meanwhile we had a show later that night my dress is disgusting because i've gotten sick <laughs> all over it and then we are you know toppy handles like the technical stuff but i basically had thrown up all over his amp and oh so it God. was just like the music, the sound, like, you know, they had some stuff at, you know, at the venue, but it just, the sound wasn't right. And then I, mm. of course, was sick as a dog earlier in the day. So then I like just didn't feel well. Right. And so the show was just kind of a mess. And I'm in this, so I, I, I got sick all over the dress that I was going to wear. And so I thought, okay, maybe I'll go for like yeah. a pop punk look. And I just wore like one of Toppy's like long t-shirts like a Jimi hendrix t-shirt but it was actually quite short so i kind yeah, of yeah. just had my ass out on stage <laughs> and it was just it was cincinnati didn't love it we didn't love it it was all around just yeah horrendous hey kudos to you though for still knocking out that 30 minute set um your ass was on the internet for for quite some time but like let me just it say it's imogen's fault it is like that. I never knew that. I, I thought that whenever the pictures initially came out, I was like, man, pastel bitch is on like a whole other level. Like, I, I also thought that it was a, a big departure from what your regular aesthetic is just like seeing you in that shirt. And then now mm -hmm. the like haunted, almost like haggard look in your eyes, like on the stage, like there are people that were just being like, oh my God, is Phoebe Jameson the next Amy Winehouse? Like she I know. just like- People thought I was, was a drug yeah. addict. My Nana called me saying, do I need to send you to rehab? You know, it was, oh, it was horrific. No. And I was like, talk to Imogen. You tell Imogen <laughs> this. Because normally I've got a very put together look. You know, I've got kind of like a, you know, pastel bitch look. You know, I wear my flowers. I wear my big mm -hmm. like girly jewelry. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah, I just look like a hot mess. So yeah, it, mm. even, but it's worse because I don't want to tell everyone, oh, I'm not a drug addict. I just had diarrhea. Like it's embarrassing. <laughs> oh God, I, I'm so sorry. And man, that must've been quite a scene in the back of the van, just considering that we it was to, all over. All we had over. to sell the van. We had to sell the van. <laughs> And I'm serious. We had to sell it on a not windy day because we oh, brought people man. over to buy it on a windy day. And then when when they came to see it, like the wind picked up and they picked up the scent because oh, we could never get the scent out. And so then we oh, had to no. pick like a really stale day <laughs> so that we could find Cincinnati. a stale wow. day in Cincinnati. <laughs> Jesus, that must have been an, an actual nightmare. Oh. Well, we didn't sell it in Cincinnati, but yeah, it was terrible. Oh, that's that's rough, Phoebe. I'm so sorry. And um, but I'm glad that you could set the record straight on this show. Everybody, Phoebe Jameson is fine. She is thriving. She doesn't need your help. She is doing okay. In fact, I'm not I, a drug addict, and you can she's stop not. telling me about they. I've got you know fans telling me about different rehabs I can check into which is very sweet of them but I'm not <laughs> I'm not really in that need right now not that not She's my not. current time no she doesn't need your sympathy you know why it's because pastel bitch has this incredible album coming down the pipe I mean 
if the single tells you anything about how this album is going to be, ladies and gentlemen, it is truly a magnum opus. Phoebe, please tell me how, how did you come to this masterpiece that is the real Pope? You know, I, it's just years and years of writing in my journal and like going back through those pages, finding inspiration from the lyrics and putting it to music. And, you know, it's just a culmination of, of years of hard work and of what I've always wanted to do and the kind of music I've always wanted to make. And, you know, when you first start making music, it's like, you know how you want to sound, but you can't always quite get there. Like it takes lots of practice. And I feel like with The Real Pope, it's like we finally have been able to achieve that quality and level of sound that we've always been, you know, striving for. I mean, Imogen and me in the, in the backyard, like singing on our little, you know, piano, like now, yeah. you know, now we're older, obviously, and like have more of a handle on, you know, music and lyrics. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. And I'm, and I'm so happy that I'm doing it, you know, with Pastel Bitch. I love them. I love that. So, um, what what would you say were the main musical influences for this album? This kind of time coming around. Oh, for this album, that's really interesting because I don't think Posh Spice really plays into it. Although she was so, <laughs> so heavily influential before. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, I, I think Adele, I think we're inspired by Adele. Um, Lovely. I don't know if, if you'll really pick up on that, but I think her realness and her, she's yeah. so real and so sad and not just mm-hmm. sad, but glamorous. Like, you know, we love her. We love the glamour of, of her and Lana Del Rey. Of course, we're big White Stripes fans as well. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, there's so many influences, but. Yeah, I, I kind of, I, I get that vibe though i get i definitely get that vibe especially from the single you guys released my therapist thinks you're a slut like the raw honesty and just the title of that track really comes across of just like you guys aren't messing around you guys are being very real with what you are trying to say with this album exactly and you know what i think life is too short to mess around i'm not gonna mince my words my therapist thinks you're a slut and and that is from my own life i I will say it's not from imogens and it's not from toppies and yeah life is too short and i think we've learned that a lot in this pandemic like if you have something to say you need to say it and i think we've said it i think we've said it all and I'm really, you I know, I'm just so really too. grateful that we would have, you know, we have so many people who support us and sound mixers and, you know, the label, like it just makes things a lot, you know, easier when you feel like you've got people who believe in you. So it's really been beautiful. I love that. So, and, um, speaking of this track and like knowing that you had, it's really like pulled from your life. Um, where, where did this inspiration for the track um just like how did it come to you how was it like all in just one single day kind of just like hit you was it over the like months that you were mentioning that like we were in quarantine like where where did this um song where was it conceived when was it conceived i mean i think it was truly conceived in my therapist's office heck yeah i think that's where it was conceived as soon as she said I think, you know, insert, you know, who I'm talking about here, mm-hmm, insert blank, mm-hmm. is a... You sl- know who you are. You know, oh, oh trust me. <laughs> you, have no, <laughs> you have no idea. Um, 
she said it and I just kind of got hit actually like kind of got like a wave almost came over me and I was I actually like writing down lyrics like while we're in our session so I'm paying like a hundred dollars an hour for me to be like can you stop talking please I've got to write this down Susan please hush up hush up Susan I don't need your insight right now yes Susan, shut up, which actually makes more sense is like later on in the album, I, I did see that like one minute track of just Susan, shut up. Yeah. And it was just yeah. a real, real heavy, like getting into it where I was like, oh, OK, nah, now I know who Susan is. Yeah, that's actually more of the White Stripes influence. And I think you can tell. <laughs> I think you can yeah. tell. But yeah, it's it's actually happened before where I, I have these these absolute breakthroughs or revelations. And once I can get past like an emotional wall, it's like music just flows out of me. I think Taylor Swift was kind of talking about that with, with Folklore, with her quarantine yeah. album. You know, I mean, who's mm-hmm. to say that she wasn't working on that for years before? But I... I, I do relate to her. It's like you, you you put down a wall and then it's just music, music, music in your True. face. Yeah. Yeah. And people do say that like um, raw humanity and raw poetry is just past the artifice that we build for ourselves. So I can totally see that with this album. I think, I think you've truly nailed it. Um, I think we owe the people a little taste or rather just the whole track in and of itself. Um, would you like that as well, Phoebe? Would you like to debut My Therapist Thinks You're a Slut right here on This Band is Real? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely ready to, de- to debut it. Can't wait to have the fans hear it. And you know what? I can't wait for you know who to hear it too. And I'll say that. You know. You know what you did. Yes, folks, indeed. Phoebe Jameson, thank you so much again for being on the show. But I think it is time to give the people what they want. It is time for us to listen to My Therapist Thinks You're a Slut. Phoebe, any last words before we get into it? Uh, God save the queen, I guess. My therapist thinks you're a slut. I don't mean to shame you, but it's hard to disagree with her diagnoses when you can't keep your big mouth shut. Don't mean to shame you, but it's hard to disagree with a diagnosis. 
shut. for listening to this band is real folks we got a real one with us on the show today she is truly the light of many of our lives you know her as the incomparable adorable all the bulls julie magat of meat cookie give it up hi hey 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 so good to be here Are you guys giving it up? It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell because I can't quite hear you. But it's fine. This is a podcast. Who cares? Anywho, Julie, how are you? Oh my god, I'm so good. It's really good to be here. I'm very excited to to be on a podcast. I've never been on one of these before. I've, it's always oh, been a dream really? of mine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like your um, effervescence that we see on stage all the time with you and Meat Cookie is uh, quite amazing. I would have never guessed that you've never been on like a long form show like this. You just seem so comfortable talking on stage. Oh, thank you. Well, usually there's video involved, so that's why I maybe it's cuz they they want me on camera, you know. <laughs> mm. Yeah, they want me. So you got to turn hair. it on for the camera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel that. I feel that. This is nice and different cuz like we both could be in our pajamas and nobody would know. Oh. Well, I'm not wearing pants, so that's a thing. See guys, this is what I love to have on this show. <laughs> Just complete honesty and Julie is the queen of that. So, Julie, as somebody who is just blatantly honest, you have to tell me what is the story behind Meat Cookie? What is the history behind the name, the band? Tell me all about it. Well, me and the band, we was we were just uh baking and stuff. We were in the kitchen. And you know, we just had like a jam session. I was like, "Oh my god, you guys, like what if we were like a legit band because we were just doing a bunch of covers, you know?" And they're like, "Oh, that would be cute. Yeah, maybe we could do a couple shows. Like, I already got some groupies. It'd be fun." And like, you know, we're making cookies and stuff. Um, and I really like cookies and um I would bake cookies before every show and bring them to our performances. And you know, they were like, "Well, I mean, maybe we could do something with cookies." But we also really love like Nicki Minaj and we love the way she raps about cookies and we, we like how it's kind of low key dirty. So we, we went mm. with the name Meat Cookie. Yeah. Yeah. It's got that naughtiness about it that I think that really appeals to just like everybody. I mean, if if WAP proved anything earlier this year, like we're all down for a little dirty from time to time. You know what I mean? Oh my god, yeah. And also Ariana Grande's new song that's like low key 69. Um I really like <laughs> it because it's like it's cute nasty. Like that's what my friend said her yeah. whole album is cute nasty and I I love that. I feel like that should be our slogan. Yeah. That that's the vibe that I get from Meat Cookie is this like y'all are so adorable but y'all be freaks. Oh, we we can twerk every once in a while. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. So, like, um, who out of the squad do you think is, like, the freakiest that none of us know about? Like, is it Kyle, Devin, Lucy, or Todd? Well. Or is it you? (laughs) I think I'm straight up freaky. I I think everyone knows I'm pretty freaky. I don't really hide much. Um, Well, maybe when you first talk to me, you think I'm all cute, but I know a lot. Um, I think maybe, <laughs> let's see, Lucy is real quiet, but 
like sometimes she mutters things under her breath and we're like did did she just I think she's low-key a dominatrix because she, she says something Ooh. about, like, wanting to make someone cry. I think she, like, whispers it under her breath and is looking at some dude in the crowd. So, I, I don't know. Yeah. She she strikes me as it's always the quiet ones, you feel? Got you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I feel that very much. I mean, like, I felt like I had that bit of a reputation in high school where people just assumed that I wasn't into, like, or, like, had very much sexuality about me because I always loved wearing my sweaters. Mm. Little did they know I was just perpetually single. Oh my God. Yeah. When Not by choice. You can't be freaky because you don't got the other person. I mean, you could be freaky by yourself. I'm sure that sweater, yeah. you could get freaky with sweaters. I, I got freaky with sweaters. It was fun. <laughs> I got freaky at home and nobody needed to know. And it's weird that people feel like I, I found that with a lot of my adult female friends, um, we all kind of like discovered, oh, you discovered masturbation at around the same time I discovered masturbation and it was fine. Yeah. Like we didn't just burst into flames. That also might just be because I grew up in Texas and there was a lot of religion that's like swirled about it where you're just kind of like, don't be sexual if you're a woman. That's a bad, that's bad news. Oh, I grew up with a lot of Catholic guilt. I think that's why oh, I like yeah. exploded in college uh, when I got oh, to college. Yeah. And I joined like the LGBT club on campus and mm-hmm. it was so much fun. Like I I just was like, Can can you tell me what anal sex is? And they're like, <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. And it was just so nice. It was a very welcoming environment where I could learn about this kind of stuff from other people yeah. and, and it wasn't weird and it wasn't bad and I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. No, I'm I'm glad that we finally entered the realm of our culture where we no longer I mean, there's some kinks that still get shamed every once in a while. Like, I feel like uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge put it best, where she was like, if you're a woman, like, you're free to be as sexual as you want. If you're a man, you are allowed one fantasy. Just one. You expand beyond that, you're a pervert. It's like, huh. Oh, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, let's let's talk about something... um, and not that it was like a sexcapade or anything, but it certainly made a couple of headlines uh, over here in Cali. There was a situation, if you will, in Juneau, Alaska, oh. while you guys were on tour. What can oh. you tell me about Juneau and Meat Cookie? Okay, well, I mean, for starters, it was really cold out there. So, okay, okay. All right, it was really cold out there. No one told us that our freaking hotel was an igloo, all right? That shit, yeah, made out of ice, yo. Um, so we, we get in there, and it's, it's, it's slippery, it's cold, and our luggages got stuck at the airport. Oh, no. So we didn't have all of our layers of sweaters, and I wanted to be fly uh. and fabulous coming off the plane and people taking pictures of us. Um, so I was freezing my ass off. So then we we all get to our rooms, and I'm like, um, I can't sleep. Like, it was like 3 in the morning. I get up, and I'm like, guys, I can't feel my toes or my fingers help. Oh, no. So what we all did, because we're homies, we go back all the way to, like, some of us like elementary school all right mm-hmm. like i've known these people a long time so me and my bandmates are like you know and you know how they survive in the winter mm. you get you get naked <gasps> so we all got naked all right we got under like the one blanket this cheap ass hotel gave us and 
yeah, we all cuddled and it was great. It was very platonic. There was only one boner involved. Um, <laughs> and he said it was a biological reaction, which I get. Um, yeah. And we all just laid under there and snuggled and it was the best cuddle puddle ever. Hey, I'm all here for the cuddle puddle. Don't get me wrong. I think that's great. I think that it's a wonderful thing when you feel so close to somebody that you can be naked with them. It Does the band dynamic... Has the band dynamic like changed since then? Because some people say that whenever you see like your coworker naked or just somebody that you're close to, that's not necessarily like a family member. When you see them naked, the dynamic changes. Um, my friend Charlotte has this, this saying that she learned whenever she was in theater and dance in college, and she had this one professor that said every relationship can be determined on whether or not sex is on the table. Or off the table. Ooh. Now knowing that you were in a situation where sex was like maybe possibly on the table because everybody was naked, did that change how you guys interacted with each other ever? Um, I I think the one thing that changed was um when we all we all just our eyes where yeah, our eyes just dropped dramatically when uh Todd took off his bottoms because um we did not know what this he's also a quiet member we did not know what he was packing we, oh we had no shoot. idea we were like you are a you are a shower my friend <laughs> and he got really embarrassed and started covering up we're like no no no, no hold on and we, we all just stared for like a solid five minutes um and now um at any chance we get we do this little fake bow thing <laughs> and gesture <laughs> It's real flustered. It's cute. <laughs> well, you know what they say yeah. <laughs> about drummers. You know, they, oh. they got mm. rhythm. And well, they maybe. Do. And the thing is that I'm just kind of like that. That's a great thing for Todd because not only is he um, physically gifted, as it were, um, he might have a great timing. <laughs> I'm hoping. <laughs> and you know, the wrist action for drummers. Is okay, let, let's talk about this a little bit because, like, um, <laughs> I want you to help me dispel some of these myths. I feel like people just assume that guitarists are like the hottest member of any band. But I gotta say, personally, if you're thinking about like, if you're thinking about the prowess of somebody, um, I gotta give it up to either the. Uh, like the pianist, or like the keys person, or the bassist. In my opinion, I think mm. that they have the most sexual prowess out of anybody that's on a band. What are your thoughts on this, Julie? Hmm. Well, okay. I think that for sure the lead singers and and the uh, lead guitarists are the divas of yes. the group. Like Absolutely. Ten percent. Um. You know, and that that's kind of what we thrive on, the attention. So we talk big game, but honestly, like, Todd and Lucy, they don't say much of anything, but they they got, like, the biggest groupie following. Like I bet. They just, yeah, they, they got the most people going on after a show, mm-hmm. and they don't say nothing about it. They just quietly sneak away. We'll just look around and be like, where, where did Todd and Lucy go? Mm-hmm. Okay, they're, they're probably having some fun. That's that's cool, too. Um, <laughs> you know, me, yeah. me and, like, Kyle, we're just like, we talk big game, but honestly, I don't think we get as much as uh, the other members. <laughs> nah, I mean, like, it's, it's so interesting because I'm just like, you just gotta watch how each of these people play their instruments. I'm like, have you really watched somebody who plays the keys, like, what their fingers are actually doing? 
It's yeah, what they really be doing. What they really be doing, y'all. You don't know. Mm-hmm. You know why? It's because you're too bedazzled by somebody who's just stepping on a pedal that's like amping up well, one part of their well, set. Well, exactly. Well. Like that's yeah. not. No, no. Like I think maybe the sexiest members of a band that I've ever seen have usually been the piano player or mm. the bassist because bassists have spiders for hands. I don't think if y'all understand bassists have incredible finger work. Like, I don't think y'all understand oh, yeah. like a funk bassist, what they could do to you. You don't know. Oh, yeah. You don't know. And their hands have to move really fast, a lot faster. And they have to press a lot harder than the guitarist because they got them weak ass strings on the regular guitar for a bassist. They got them thick ass strings. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying America and elsewhere stop sleeping on the bassists. Sleep with the bassist. Indeed. And honestly, like, I, I love being Lucy's wing woman, but she, she doesn't need any wing woman. Like, she's got this cool undercut. Mm. Like, she's super edgy looking. Mm-hmm. And, like, and she's got this, like, androgynous beauty going on. Yeah. So, like, if she's on the market for everybody. Like, she's just got the whole world in her in her fingertips. Her Hell very yeah, skilled Lucy. fingertips. Get it, girl. You can get it. She's gonna be so embarrassed. She's gonna hate me. She's gonna listen to this and be like, "Oh my god, what are you doing?" (laughs) No. But yeah, this is like advertisement. She she's single and free as fuck. So, you know, hit her up, ladies and gents. Ladies and gents. (laughs) Ladies and gents. Lucy of Meat Cookie is open for business. She's ready to Mm -hmm. give her meat cookie to you, Lucy. Don't be embarrassed. It's just (laughs) it's just the fact of life, baby. Don't even worry about it. Don't even sweat it. Um, as much fun as it is talking with you about the sexual prowess and um, sexy adventures of Meat Cookie, let's talk about what you guys are really known for, which is your music. And uh, I gotta mm, say, yeah. I'm I'm a huge fan. Like you as a vocalist is sorry, I don't know why that word came out really really weird, but it it is one of those things where it's um, heart stopping because you have an incredible vocal. Um, I don't think people really give enough credit for you and the songwriting that you provide for the band. Um, Aw, thank you. Because, like, as much as, like, there have been hits that you've released that are, like, very, they're, they're beautiful ballads, they're the breakup tune, but um, I gotta say, Hold My Purse off of the Hold My Purse Bitch album Ay. has gotta be... <laughs> A forever bop. You know what I mean? Like, it will never get old. (laughs) I feel like, you know, anyone in any generation could be like, hold my purse, bitch. (laughs) I also like that for the single, it's almost as if, it's not in the official title, but you can almost feel the parenthesis with the bitch behind it. it. You're just kind of like, hold my purse, bitch. Yeah. It's just like whispered as an afterthought. It's the energy. It's there. It it's is. There. So uh, how how did the album and the song um, come about? I feel like it's one of those classic stories of like rising out of the ashes. Like I got my heart broken real bad back in like 2018 and 2019. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, like as much as I do remember some of the heartbreak, I also remember how much my homies are there for me. Mm-hmm. And like I wanted to focus on that positivity and so, like, 
I, I literally had like a sad bitch conference at my friend's place. Like I was <laughs> a couch surfing musician. Yeah, like I was couch surfing on a lot of my friends' couches back in 2019 because I quit my day job. I was actually an engineer oh, um, out of school. And um, I went to live in my brother's basement in Ohio, like in Cincinnati. Mm. And I went to Nashville like every other week. And, you know, like it, it was so much fun. I came back to L.A. and was still couch surfing and trying to figure out my life as a full time musician. Yeah. And then when I <laughs> and then when I, I got to one of my friend's places, like a boy broke my heart. And so she and her roommate laid out like five pints of Ben and Jerry's of all my favorite flavors, like two tissue boxes. It was like, all right, we're here for you, girl. Tell us all about it. Damn. And like, yeah, I, we were there for like three hours and they just held me and like made sure I felt okay. And like, um, that's really all I could ask for. Like, I, I, I wanted this album and, and especially the single to encourage people who are going through that low point and be like, look, there'll be people there for you. And for the people who are not going to be there for you, people who are going to like fuck up your heart and then, yeah, they can go hold your purse for all I care. Like, shoot. Shoot, go, you know what, fucking hold my purse, bish. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I love that. Also, I, I feel like a, a true testament to your friendship with somebody really comes through when you go through a breakup that, like, messes you up. I uh, uh, yes. Right? Like, I remember a significant moment in college where I just had, like, my heart ripped out of me. Um... And I went to a friend's house and I showed up on her doorstep because I had just like asked her, hey, um, is it okay if I just like come over and like um, talk to you about something? And like she's never seen me Aww. like this before ever. And I showed up and I was just like a whole mess, like a whole ass mess. Like my face Aww. was swollen. There were tears running down. I had a paper bag with Ben and Jerry's ice cream in it. And um, she like immediately came to the door with like two boxes of tissues and um two of my other friends that lived with her they had also had never seen me like that and we also had a sad bitch conference in one of their bedrooms as i was just oh like crying just being like i just don't know why this happened and like of course um y- y- you always got to have your yaya sisters and your, your your ladies just like rubbing your back pulling the hair out of your face being like He's an idiot. He's so stupid. Which he was. Which he yes. actually was. Fact. Facts. Truth. Yes. True facts. Still dated him for another year and a half after the fact. Oh, but, you know. It's okay. It happens. It, <laughs> it eventually... It took, what, like, two more breakups after that. He was actually... Full disclosure. He was the first boy that I had ever dated longer than two months that officially called me his girlfriend. So I thought that it was love. And I thought oh my. love was supposed to hurt. <laughs> and then... Yeah, what, I've been through that too. Wouldn't you know it? You just find somebody who uh, doesn't do that to you. And then you're like, wow. Uh, love can just like be... a decent human? Yeah. Like, what? Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I don't have to feel insecure about um, anything about myself. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> I don't have to be the ornament in your life? What? Concept. Yeah. What what a concept. I don't have yeah. to be someone's purse. Hold my purse and you yes. know who you are. Mm. Fucking snaps to all of that. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so um what's what's in your purse, Julie? What's what's in your what's in that uh purse that you got in there? What kind of baggage were you just trying to get people to hold on to <laughs> after this messy, messy, messy break? <laughs> 
Okay, one thing I always have in my purse, and um, everyone makes fun of me for this, but I, I'm lactose intolerant, like, real bad. So I always have some lactate pills on me hell at all yeah. times. Because oh, I, I yeah. always end up at an ice cream store because I love ice cream and cookies. <laughs> I, like, I like everything that's going to give me diabetes. I guess. Anyways, I always, <laughs> I always have a lactate pill. So... I can take that shit and not feel bad or have to run to a bathroom right after. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so they'll be holding my lactate. Um, they'll be holding all my lip gloss and lipstick. Mm-hmm. Um, and hmm, phone wallet keys. Man, I don't, this girl don't got, I really don't have pockets. Like I, I remember I was wearing a trench coat my mom gave me. She was like, oh my God, it's from Italy. And so I put it on for a photo shoot. And like it was the first time I took the tag off because it was like a bright yellow oh, like, right, trench like, coat. Yeah. I was like, it's like a statement piece. Like Hell I, I yeah. wore it for a photo shoot and that's it. But, <laughs> you know, I was like trying to put my stuff away in it. And I was like, wait a sec. These are fake pockets. These things are so instructive. I hate. Patriarchy. I... This is the fucking patriarchy. Oh my God. <laughs> the, the war on pockets is one that I will yeah. fight till my dying day. Like. It's ridiculous. I can't believe that they've, they've made such an invention whenever they're just like oh yeah you know they're just like fashion pockets i'm like for for who for whom fashion po- yeah for whom are for these real. pockets for um for your <laughs> male gaze fuck you um no yeah <laughs> uh no i i would love to have a deeper pocket i live for a dress with a secret pocket you know the ones that yes. like the yes. ones like they look like the ones that you can wear at like state dinners and everyone's just kind of like ah that shit looks like it's from the 1950s but i'm like bitch you don't understand an a-line dress with a secret yes. pocket can hold everything for me. It holds my it phone. Can. It holds my ID. It holds my keys. And you would never fucking know because it's just hidden within the pleats of this A-line dress. Yes. So don't get on my case. Just give exactly. us pockets, fashion industry. There's th- th- yeah. th- there's you already do it for the guys. And I don't know what kind <laughs> of cost is associated with just loosening up a seam and giving us a little bit more room, but this is it's ridiculous is what it is it's ridiculous it is mm-hmm. can't can't get over it god julie you just got me you got me so fired up for this song right now like i'm just i'm ready to like bop it out <laughs> to rock it out is there is there anything yes. that you want to tell the audience before we go ahead and listen to hold my purse well, I just want to say that there's a tiktok dance challenge out for this song so if you're on tiktok you could find it and you could dance to it. So it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Calling all my bitches. Saying a pity party. These boys got your heart dripping. So we blast Lizzo and Cardi. You give all your power. It's time to take it back. Promise that in this hour, we'll meet you where you're at.
This Band is Real, Season 2, Episode 4. Don't forget to vote on our socials, who you think was the real band, at TBIR underscore pod. And tune in tomorrow night on our live Twitch stream to see if you were right. Please rate and review us wherever you're listening to your podcast, and we'll see you again next week.